At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, HVAC people? Interesting time of our lives. Really is. A time like no other, really, that I can remember. But as the human race has always done, we are going to push forward and get past it. 100%. Might take some time, might take some strategic uh, moving of things. The logistics, nobody, everybody's kind of scattered right now. And it's, it's, it's crazy. But I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. But it's, it's obviously on my mind and everybody's mind. We have a a super cool podcast for you. Now, the world of technology is growing and advancing constantly. And we're going to speak to a gentleman by the name of Adam Bartman from Reed. And Adam's a plumber by trade, and he was a plumber for years. And you're going to get to hear his story in the beginning of the interview. But he went on to say, listen, I, I got a problem here. And there's, there's a problem that I'm seeing on a, a a constant basis in the plumbing world. And he wanted to build a product that was going to help with that. This this is more of a commercial thing than a residential thing. And he's going to explain all that during the podcast. And it involves technology. It involves Adam going from being a plumber to basically having to learn these steps that he went through to start this new business, this new venture. Anyway, we're going to get to Adam right now, guys. It's the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Adam, how you doing tonight, man? Good. How's it going? I'm good, man. So, uh, listen, we we uh, we're we're very uh, forthcoming on the HVAC Know It All podcast, and and I think it's I think that it's completely awesome that you're in your car right now talking to me to get away from the noise of your house. And you want to yeah. know you want to know what's funny about that? So, recently, I've started to, um use my laptop more and the mic I bought and stuff down in my basement for the podcasting. But before that, when I first started to do podcasting and stuff like that, I would literally uh, download an app on my phone, a third party app that record that recorded uh, phone calls. And I would go in my van because it was the only quiet place um, I could do because at that, at that point in time, this is going back a few months ago when I was doing that. But my, my four-year-old son, you put him to bed, he'd be up screaming like looking for us like wanting a drink wanting this wanting that now he's a little bit more settled down uh so that's why i'd have to go out in my van (laughs) (laughs) to to do this so i'm i'm in i'm in the same boat as you man i got young kids i know exactly how you feel 
especially now with everybody at home, I feel like they're going insane. They haven't seen anybody in like a week and a half. It's oh yeah, it's 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 it is insane, and and it's just gonna get uh, it's gonna get a little bit more. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, that's just my yeah, thoughts I on it. I, I'd, I'd agree. I think there was early concern and people are almost getting used to it. But yeah, I, I think it's going to still peak. The company that you started is what, a uh, couple years old? Or, or is uh, that even... Yeah, I'd say we're, we're about three and a half now. Three and a half years old. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So before we get into all of all of that and, and this company that you created, because basically you've seen a problem out in the field you were in, you wanted a s- solution for 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 people that were encountering problems. So I mean, you you started out as a as a plumber, right? Yeah, it even started before that. I mean, okay, cool. Since I was probably fifteen. Uh, I used to sit in my dad's truck in the summers, play in his garage. He he was a plumber himself, uh, so it's all I really knew. Is you know our 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 garage was his shop, so you can imagine the the number of tools I ran into when I was you know under ten. But anyways, when I when I finished high school, uh, I was not the most studious in in high school. I did all right. I got through, but my father said, you know what. You got to do something and going into the trades is probably a good idea. So I actually started uh, technically in the HVAC world. Uh, I did a two year, it was a year and a half or two year course uh, at the college here uh, for for our gas ticket. And, uh, you know, when I was, uh, so 18 went to this course, 20 years old, finished, and my father actually started a new plumbing company he used to work with his brother for ages. And so I'm fresh out of school, kind of ready to run into everything. And he starts this business. He's got some relationships with commercial building owners. And that was it. I became a business owner, which is probably hands down something I'm most fortunate about that I was just sort of thrown into that whole entrepreneurial world before, you know, Gary V and this whole sexiness behind entrepreneurship. <laughs> so this is like, you know, 15 years back now. And it was, it was really a course of working day in, day out. Uh, you know, my father left a relatively comfortable job at a company and there was sort of this weight of responsibility for me to, to help him, you know, make an income, uh, sort of through 12, 13 years, it became a lot more than that, but that was really the start of everything. That's yeah, that that's, that's crazy, man. And like, that must've been a lot of weight on your shoulders, uh, as a, as a, as a relatively young kid. I mean, when I was, when, when I was that young, like all I thought about was going to work, getting home, and getting to Niagara Falls for the weekend <laughs> to party with my friends. <laughs> right, like right. business ownership wasn't even in the in the vicinity of my my mind. Like it was it was nowhere it was nowhere near it. It, it was just it might have been a, a a maturity thing at that point. I I don't know, but I mean that that is it's 
it's awesome that I, you know, at that age you got to experience that. I mean, you, you did probably you, you got to you had to miss out on some things because of it. But I mean, everybody oh for sure etches, etches, their, etches their own path, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like I kind of fast forwarded when I was like sixteen, seventeen. I was living downtown for like eight months. I partied my brains out. Feel like I got that out of my system, and then like a year later, you know, I, I get thrown into this this whole world. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, holy shit, I don't know how I did that. Um, but at the time, I, I felt kind of comfortable in in that world. I, I used to, like, cut lawns and sell stuff that I found in my parents' house. Like, I was always <laughs> entrepreneurial spirited, <laughs> but it was nice, you know, again, looking back that, that I, I got thrown into a proper business. And especially now... I see how fortunate, you know, the plumbing industry can be or the trades period with all that's going on. You know, I, I hear from them. I'm not really operating there anymore, but I hear from them like nothing's really slowing down. So it's been great to keep the guys busy. Yeah, you have to be a little more safe now, but it's pretty much recession proof. <laughs> y- yeah, y- yes. I, um, yes and no. Like I have um, I've got a lot of clients that um server room based server rooms are like they need to be cooled because there's so much data flowing in and out and if the server rooms are hot they can shut down um i have pharmaceutical clients and those those clients there they're storing and making medicine um so Mm -hmm. we need to respond to those calls we need to maintain those things for uh, compliance reasons. They, they have compliance paperwork that all always needs to be backed up with the work. And if it's not done in a certain period of time, then there's audits or sorry, if you get audited and stuff, it doesn't look good. So there's, I, I have worked because of that, but there are companies that we take care of that have basically said, nope, you can't come through the door unless we have an emergency. We're not letting you in. So we have, we have slowed down and through my network on social media, I've noticed a lot of, uh, technicians within the HVAC industry are also slowing down as well because of this of obviously um the this the c word i try not to say it because (laughs) it's it's just it's just depressing right so i mean it's it's i'm glad the people that you're speaking to are continuing to, to work through it i'm just hoping that everybody continues to to be safe um because of of the people they can pass it on to that's most susceptible to getting getting the virus right yeah no for sure and don't get me wrong i mean the all the opportunities have disappeared uh all those sort of meaty jobs that you're looking for all year pretty much not happening like any scheduled work but at least you know i i guess what i was saying to someone the other day is if i was you know in the retail business in clothing uh and i had to fully shut down Granted, there's supports coming from the government. I would mm-hmm. just be even more stressed. I mean, I think yeah. I'm stressed enough <laughs> with with everything that's going on. But at least there's just, you know, a few things there to keep the guys going. A few guys anyways have said, you know what? I, I you know, have vulnerable family at home. Rather stay home and, you know, reduce the exposure totally understand and so they're staying off and and we'll just slide through with ei hopefully it doesn't last too long but it, it it's just different than 
you know, that type of business. So unfortunately, and just you, you said EI, so a lot of people might not like from wherever they're from might not know what that means. Employment insurance just basically covers your your uh, your lost wages up to a certain um, certain dollar figure or certain percentage. I guess whatever comes first. Mm-hmm. So your your experience in the in the plumbing trade and plus owning your own business has kind of um, what would be the word? It's kind of tailored you for for your next step in into business ownership, and, and that would be kind of uh, your your startup that's about three and a half years old. You were saying, right? Yeah. So it was nice. I got to be uh, you know the primary operator uh, of a plumbing business for nearly a decade, and between that knowledge and experience you know dealing with customers and managers uh in the commercial high-rise side uh and just being i think i'm considered a millennial 33 somewhere in that neighborhood yeah (laughs) Uh, probably (laughs) but but very comfortable with technology i feel like i grew up right on the wave of you know faster computers and internet and better phones and so i've at least personally, I've always been very comfortable with technology. And really what happened toward, you know, the end of my position at, at the plumbing company was essentially a bunch of clients with pretty much the same issues day in and day out. And, you know, again, me in that sort of entrepreneurial spirit, what can I just do to make life easier for everyone? And I'll give you an example, you know, and it sort of blends into the HVAC side. You get these old stock apartment buildings, multifamily buildings, you know, 40, 50 units with uh, a traditional boiler and hydronic system with a bunch of radiators in the suites. And there's the makeup water supply, little half inch line hiding in the boiler room with a regulator. I, I couldn't tell you how many times in the early part of winter I would get a call from a frantic super who sounds like he's deer in the headlights, freaking out because some tenant took the bleeder or the coin vent off the rad, trying to bleed the air (laughs) and the whole unit's flooding. Or, you know, uh, apartment buildings calling me regularly that the domestic water, hot and cold, are bouncing around all over the place and they don't understand and they think there's washing machines. It's just like... I could take all of the complaints we were getting and pretty much organize them into like the top six. I mean, some of them were drain related, but those also were frantic, you know, kitchen backup in larger condos. Uh, and, and so when I started to look at the different types of calls, I was like, cool, I'm going to look online, go on Amazon or eBay. Now that, now this isn't a time where, you know, Nest is becoming big and home automation and you go into Home Depot and you can see the aisle starting to expand with all kinds of smart lights and, you know, gadgets and widgets. And so I'm thinking to myself, how can I just control a valve from my phone? Uh, How can I read, you know, a water meter that's in a chamber or something like just get some basic control and information. And I started kind of exploring online, you know, there's these little kind of developer circuit boards called, uh, I think they're called like Zigbee or something. 
there's these like little chips you can buy on eBay and sort of program them to do certain things. Gotcha. Totally, totally over my skill set at this point. But I recall that I have a good friend in the audiovisual world. So he used to uh, run a business where they would install, you know, in like a boardroom, the the phone in the middle and the projector and, you know, board meeting and panels and all that kind of business. Okay. He's like the, literally the only guy I could think of that maybe has any kind of remote idea on what I'm trying to do. And so I, I met up with him one day. I see him regularly. Meet up with him one day and, and I have this like $60 piece of shit valve from eBay. <laughs> and, and I say to him, like, how can I inexpensively control this thing from my phone? It'll really help me, which will really help my customers. And that was sort of the, the early onset, uh, uh, of the business that we're running now. The, the premise was, let me apply tech to commercial plumbing systems, because at least at the time there was literally nothing that touched that system. I mean, you'll, you'll probably know better than me, but on the HVAC side, let alone the appliances are smart as hell now, but obviously you got like BAS and, and all kinds of control systems. Plumbing has like nothing, literally nothing. So yeah, we, we do have a ton of options out there when it comes to building automation systems for HVAC. And, and like you said, the, the, the the home automation is becoming big too and and it's easily done now it's it's not something that's before you had to buy um like a a blank slate you buy a controller and you'd have to from scratch know how to code and program the board from scratch now you can buy pre-programmed uh thermostats they link to a like and then you'd have to network all these boards together right um and now you can buy these pre-programmed thermostats or you can program within and it's easy just toggle up and down touch this touch that and you don't need to wire them network you don't need to wire a network anymore they all link to the cloud and you can see them all like you could have 30 of them um, controlling rooftops and unit heaters in in a building and they're not wired together they're just they're just hitting up the wi-fi and they link to the cloud I mean, that's, it's it's, it's getting, it's getting easier. It's getting a lot easier. That that's the point. So for me in the on, in the early onset of, of our development, I was kind of glad I didn't know enough about the more archaic ways of doing this because the ideal way that our equipment looks and, and virtually what it looks like today is that it's plug and play. And I always kind of make the analogy similar to yourself, you know, back in the day, you wanted a website, you need to hire a guy, he writes HTML script or whatever the hell he does. And, you know, you pay him a bunch of money and he builds your website. Now you literally go to Wix.com, type in your company name and a bit about the company and it spits you out, uh, you know, an automatically made web page. And that's, that's or, what's changing. Or, yeah. And, and, or, or you can do a subscription based thing where you pay somebody like 50 bucks a month and they build you a website right. and you just pay them, pay them subscription based, um, fees per month for somebody that can't afford to slap down, uh, like six, seven grand on a website or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the, there, there's a lot of things moving in, in that direction too, which makes it kind of more appealing and more affordable and for businesses and even homeowners to budget, like, 
budgeting is a big, huge thing in businesses and, and in homes. Mm-hmm. So if you can afford that monthly fee, instead of like a, a capital expense, like 8,000 bucks or whatever, you're going to take probably take that small monthly fee, even though over the course of time, you might end up paying more for it over the course of time, but it's just more appealing up front, right? Oh, for sure. Surely you will pay more over time, but that's that's sort of the, the cost you pay for, for not paying up front. So I'm taking a few days off. They're booked vacation days, but while I'm off, I am self-isolating like everybody else or everybody else that's trying to for the most part. I know where HVAC is an essential service. So I'll be going back to work on Monday, hopefully servicing some some customers that, that need it, that need to keep rolling with their business. Anyway, there's a heavy box at the door while I'm home. My wife's like, I can't carry this in. So I go and check it out. It is heavy heavy for her not for me (laughs) anyway i looked at the paperwork on the box i haven't opened it yet but i know what it is it's the recovery unit the the four cylinder recovery unit from navac this thing is going to be a beast especially if you're in a commercial industrial setting and you need to recover gas this thing is going to be an ultimate beast if it's anything like its little brother the nrdd it's going to be a savage trust me this week I was going through my, my fittings in the back of my van and I pulled out two fittings that have been like stellar over the last, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years almost that I've had them. It's the YJ automotive fittings that you can kind of push on to your vehicle for the, uh, the AC. And then they have the quarter inch fittings that you hook up to. So you can test, evacuate, charge uh, an AC system in a car. Now, I've had these things for a while. I remember the day I bought them. I also bought a, a jug of 134A that day. And I was the guy in the neighborhood that would help fix ACs in the automobile. And I made some extra cash, right? Um, the neighbors would would pull up when they had an issue and, and I would try to help them out. So if you're looking to do something on the side to make some extra cash, those fittings will come in real handy for you, trust me. Uh, Blue On, I posted a couple of videos over the last week tech tips that they're doing with Jim Bergman measure quick I posted one today now they've both been on evacuation so far so there's gonna be more to come on that and if you haven't downloaded blue ons app and got accredited I suggest you do tons of unit manuals access to their 24 7 tech support that is not just based on TDX 20 based on anything AC the Danfoss TU valve which is a stainless steel TX valve is going through now it's 25th anniversary and I've mentioned in the past, you do not have to wrap the valve to protect it while brazing. The reason being is because stainless steel has a way lower thermal conductivity than like brass or copper does. So the heat does not transfer very fast. So if you're in there and out with a torch real quick, you don't need to wrap it. So there's going to be more to come on that. I got one actually in my house and I'm going to kind of experiment with it over the next little bit. The Testo 557 digital manifold I used this week, we recovered gas out of three systems uh, because we did a compressor change on one, dryer change on the other, and we got ready for a compressor change on another system. So that that manifold was used in the recovery process and then the testing afterwards. I love the thing. It's been a beast since I've had it. Incredible, durable, rugged digital manifold. If you're looking for digital, 
doesn't have to be the 557 it could be a 550 or whatever you feel like but it, it's a great manifold to have in your arsenal i also on that job putting in the dryer i use some refrigeration technologies wet rag putty wraps around the filter dryer okay the filter dryer so we don't burn it up and scorch the paint nice professional looking job when you're done remove the putty when you're finished put it back in the tub and it can be reused over and over and over again i'm done guys let's get back to adam mm -hmm. so the the name of your company you haven't told us what it's called yet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry so the company is called reed r-e-e-d yep. um it's it's sort of funny i get asked all the time where it came from and the only story i can think of it, it goes back again to a client with a problem um but this was really sort of the straw that broke the camel's back would you say he had this apartment building that he owned it was quite large it, it was about 16 stories and there was like 18 units of floors so there's a lot of units uh, in, in not the greatest part of town. Um, so he didn't have very much control. The problem was I, as the plumbing contractor, I watched it change hands, change ownership three times. And at least on number two and number three, these new owners that I met, they, they all struggled with the water consumption. It's as if they bought the building with, you know, certain performa. And they would compare a building of that size, you know, what's the usual electricity, what's the usual water, you know, probably to other things in their portfolio. And as they begin to manage them, it just literally sounded like it got out of hand. The owner number three, who was a little more progressive, he was a younger guy, said to me, we kind of had this conversation on and off a bunch of times, and it, it, it continued through while we began to develop the Reed platform. And it, and it remains to be the holy grail. But the idea was he's got, you know, 200 units and he has no clue who's using which amount of water. But his water bill is astronomical, like a thousand percent more than it should be. And what we talked about was, wouldn't it be great if you could know what the water consumption is in every unit? Now, it, it remains to be a bit of a holy grail, mainly due to cost. You, you could obviously go in if price wasn't a thing and put water meters on like four different branch lines or six or eight or whatever's coming into the apartment. But the, the costs start to get insane. So if you had some kind of super low cost, high quality sensor, maybe uninvasive clamp on something to just give them that data and and why I say it's a holy grail is because there's literally nobody in the world right now that has something that works well. I've seen like a glimpse of something, but it's super cheapy, like gimmicky type product. Um, but anyways, the idea and the point of the story was I wanted to be able to not only control valves, but read meters. And so that's that's where sort of the name read came from. We didn't put much thought onto it. You know, we're starting up a business. We just slapped the uh, interesting name, something that looked good on paper and, and moved on where we spent the majority of our time and energy was developing hardware. So unlike uh, a traditional SaaS business 
uh, software as a service, like, you know, you go on a website, like you were saying, subscription, app-based uh, uh, apps, <laughs> uh, it, it's different in that we have a hardware component. So aside from our cloud dashboard where we spent, uh, you know, a ton of energy, we actually had to go into electronic manufacturing, which m- me and my co-founder knew nothing about. Um, but with, you know, fortunate uh, network of people around us and some local manufacturers, uh, local design houses, we managed to kind of GC, in a sense, this project uh, and put together something that today I'm, I'm super proud of. And at a high level, all it is, is a, a low cost cloud enabled hardware device about the size of a router. And the idea is it can control pretty much anything. Uh, you know, as time goes on, we want the box to control more and more items, but we chose to control some of the leading brands. I'm sure you're familiar with Belimo, the actuators, uh, Apollo has actuators, uh, you know, Badger, Neptune, Census, these water meter companies. In, instead of trying to build, you know, uh, like Moen Flow, is, is a new product came out last year. They built the valve and mm-hmm. the electronics all in one unit, but it was designed for a home. At okay. the end of the day, the, the app and everything's designed for a home. We needed something that was a little more enterprise, but we definitely didn't want to get into the plumbing manufacturing game. And so, yeah, we chose to make, uh, we chose to make this hardware and, and focus really on the software. Now, you said it, it, it works in conjunction with, like, example, Belimo. So that, the box, it communicates wirely to the Belimo? So uh, valves would have to be hardwired. You okay, would yeah. You would be sending, uh, you know, low voltage, 24 there and back. But it's still low voltage, so you don't need, you know, electricians and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty much like running communication lines. Um, you, you can make the platform wireless, I, I guess without getting like super deep in the technical, there's there's one gateway. Oh, there's four SKUs. Let me start there. There's four SKUs, four products. One of them's a gateway. It's literally a way to get information to the outside world. And that's its only purpose. The other three are the same size, same shape, but their their input and outputs, the IO, uh, is just in different configurations. One of them controls eight valves one of them does two meters two valves two sensors now and, everything's on the and oh, one of them the controls uh, uh wireless fixtures it's like a receiver and so with those three building blocks you can pretty much put together any type of system you want uh and and when you say wireless or wired primarily it's wired using uh they call it the industrial internet of things so much like, mm-hmm. you know, the Johnson or, or Honeywell or a lot of the automation, um, like Crestron, I don't know if you're familiar with, they do audio visual controls. It's just low cost ethernet cables run together. But the beauty of it is it's network based. So for instance, you're in a building, uh, you know, here's an example. We did a, a an install uh, with a local plumbing company and it was three commercial plazas, like your traditional, you know, single story, 10 tenant block of units. And there's three separate structures. 
Now, the owner was just trying to read water meters uh, within those units, but it's three separate structures. So technically you would need, you know, three separate gateways. However, at that building, they already had the wireless network infrastructure for their security cameras. So they had like these little antennas, it's bouncing signals and it's running their security cameras in these little electrical closets on the side of each plaza. What's nice about the platform is we just piggybacked on the existing network infrastructure, literally just plug into their network switch and wire up our meters. And now we're wireless between structures, but on the dashboard, it's one building or one site. Okay, so when when you're wiring up these meters now, you can let, let's say the um, there's a there's a, a pipe burst in in a building because it's running kind of on the outside wall and it's the middle of winter, so you so the 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 box you can get on your dashboard from your phone or like a mobile device and then shut that meter off. Yeah, is that how so it works? You're- yeah, here's the concept. If you bucket the available fixtures, so I, I call the read products devices and everything else, they're fixtures. So if you bucket them into three categories, you have valves, mm-hmm. on and off and, and throttled position. You have water meters. Some do consumption, flow rates, temperatures, whatever data they can give you. And the third bucket is sensors. And that one's really wide. So that in its most basic form would be pressure, temperature, uh, flood sensors like leak ropes and and little water bugs, things like that. Um, But it can even get into, you know, the sump pump floats or water quality sensors. We're starting to really play around with that category. What's nice is is pretty much all sensors uh, operate on the principle of you know, low voltage signals, so zero to 10 volt or four to 20 milliamp. And because we're able to communicate with that, we could pretty much read any sensor on earth. So, you know, there was a, there was a lead sensor, like a lead detecting sensor developed by a student in the university. And when I saw this, it was great. I mean, considering everything that happened in Flint with the water quality, uh, people, tend to be a little conscious of water quality. And so we reached out to them and we're trying to get our hands on what they called a low cost uh, uh, lead sensor. And just to, again, kind of play around, see what more we could offer the market. But the idea was let's have the least amount of products that could do the most amount of things, make it super easy plug and play so that everybody can do it and kind of empower the community to go and give more value to their customers. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm curious about that lead sensor. What is the purpose mm-hmm. of it? So, you know, I, I, I'm maybe some of the audience isn't familiar in Flint, Michigan. Uh, there was this whole political scandal, but long story short, the like governor there switched water supplies uh, and their water, the, the municipal water was significantly contaminated with lead. Uh, and probably a bunch of other crap, but the the residents in in Flint were getting like poisoned, um, and so they they developed this lead sensor. The way it works, again, high level, I understood, is the lead accumulates on this little film, uh, and 
essentially when it accumulates enough, it creates a circuit, sends its signal back, uh, and ultimately would go to our controller uh, to do something with it. But it would warn you against high levels of lead. Like they have pH sensors, uh, uh, dissolved solids, a lot of things in the water quality world that I'm now in my mind trying to figure out, cool, that works in industrial settings and it's probably very expensive, but how can I make it low cost and available to the public? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, n- I never heard about this uh, this this thing happening in, in Flint, Michigan, but I, I know that obviously water... Um, water safety is huge. Like what, what happened here? Um, geez, in Ontario, like 15, 20 years ago, I forget the name of the town it was, but their water was contaminated and a bunch of people got really sick from it. So, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty important stuff to, to, to no, monitor. For sure. And, and, and you see, I mean, on, you know, on your systems, on makeup water supplies, you'll have backflow preventers. Uh, and it's all for the purpose of not letting that's you right. know, glycol loops leak back into potable water. Um, it's important. I mean, it's it's ultimately up to us and engineers and, and our industry to provide clean drinking water, you know, comfortable room temperatures and so on and so forth. The vital. Yeah. So so I was wondering if you could like the most basic just so everybody can get a handle on mm-hmm. on a uh, on what the product is and how it's set up and and how it's installed the most Take us through a, the most basic install that you can take us through, just so we can get an idea of what's involved. For sure, it's it's not as easy to do without some visuals, but I okay. like to sort of walk it through. You know, <clears throat> what's the least you can do, and what's the most you can do. Um, being conscious of price and and you know the reality of things in the market. So let's take. Uh, a 10-story apartment building or commercial office tower. They're virtually the same. And the reason I want to put an example in everyone's mm-hmm. mind is because when we go to a plaza, they have one challenge. When you go to a 50-story condo, they have another. When you're talking to a developer, he has a different issue. And so it's, you know, when it's very much an engineered solution. When, when somebody comes to us, there's got to be a, a need. We have to understand what's your problem? How can we help? It's not sort of you know, just an LED light bulb, you change one with the other and everyone gets it. Um, so there is a bit of a learning curve. But again, if we if we take a 10-story apartment building, office tower, and what's the least we should be able to do as your service provider, Mr. Customer? If you call me at five o'clock in a panic, or you call me and tell me as your plumber that your water bill is you know, tripled over the last four months because you're looking at your water bill and you don't understand why, I would in turn recommend in your sprinkler room, again, least you could do, put in an actuated shutoff right on the main, hook up the city water meter. Most likely you'll have one uh, in, you know, probably 90% of states and Put in, you know, maybe a leak detector in in the sprinkler room or a low boiler room or the elevator shaft. Let's allow me as the service provider to remotely shut down your water if something catastrophic happens. Understand, analyze, get alerts from water consumption. Using the analytics, it'll tell you, you know, your water is, you know, double this 
day than it was last week. Like you start to get a lot of interesting insight. And the leak ropes, the leak bugs, why not? Low cost at that point. Let's protect the the elevator cables or a boiler room from blowing out in the middle of the night. So that to me is kind of the least you could do with the available fixtures that are out there. And to give everyone kind of a taste, like let's say that building had a two-inch water main coming in, uh, like two-inch backflow, kind of two-inch distribution line. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably between the, the read devices, which you'll need maybe two or three of them, could be, you know, $2,000. And then the plumbing fixtures might be another, you know, 1500 bucks for a two-inch meter. And I'm, I'm talking Canadian, so for all the, the U.S. guys out there, that's probably peanuts right now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, let's say for, for 3500 bucks, you now have the most primitive but something as far as control on the client's building to protect them and help them do a better job. And, and you'll start to see, especially those that are a little more familiar with the commercial plumbing arrangements, you could just take that premise and start to become more and more granular in the systems. Like if you took, if you took the same approach I just mentioned, but literally just converted it to the makeup water supply and a hydronic system so that you can understand if any water runs through this meter, there's probably a leak because in normal operation, there's pretty much no water entering the closed loop. That, you know, if some tenant, like I mentioned earlier, removes a bleeder or some heating line blows up, you could shut the makeup remotely. Um, you know what I mean? Like you can start to see how to apply it differently. And and that's why I always love chatting with, with other service providers and engineers just to get their, you know, take and creativity on on what issue they're trying to solve. Yeah, I mean, for 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 the cost, you said there thirty five hundred bucks for a most for for a basic type install. I mean, y- you are seeing a bit of uh, protection there f- for your building, and and the fact that you can shut the water off remotely instead of somebody trying to get to the site, find where the the find where the shutoff valve is. Um, you know what I mean? Because sometimes these these valves are hidden behind. <laughs> you have a drywaller come in, he drywalls it in. <laughs> oh, for sure. It, right? I mean, how many times have, I'm sure somebody in the audience will have that experience of going into a newer building. You know, you've been working there three or four months. You're really happy to become the base building plumber and you get an urgent leak or you have to do service and you're aimlessly looking around for valves that are 20 feet up in the air haven't been touched in 10 years, by the time you find it are seized because they haven't been exercised. And there's so many reasons that connectivity creates value. I think the the earlier challenge was cost and, and knowledge. So, you know, cost is going down by itself. I don't have to do very much. Obviously, the cost of technology is getting cheaper and cheaper. But mm-hmm. the knowledge part certainly you know, weighs heavy on us. We, we do a lot of outreach and learning. And so again, there's, there's a learning curve, but this is not rocket science. I was a plumber. I, I've been in the trenches. I, I didn't know how to, you know, strip the end of a, a, an ethernet internet cable and, and put a connection on it, but it's intuitive to me now. Um, but yeah, the idea is let's put digital transformation connectivity on commercial and high-rise buildings, very much like you see the Moen Flow product I mentioned, which is a great product, looks 
fantastic in, in a residential home. Uh, Upinor, also the, the plastic pipe manufacturer, um, mm-hmm. just uh, acquired a company called Finn, P-H-Y-N. You'll find them online. Also, residential product, super slick, looks really nice, but designed for a home. And so, you know, kind of going back for me and the whole reason this even started, if you look at the spectrum of properties, you have single family home all the way to class A office tower, you know, the glass tower downtown. Mm-hmm. And so the single family home today has Moen Flow and Upinner Finn and like Water Cup from back in the day. There must be 50 brands that, that touch water in homes. On the other end of the spectrum, you have BAS and Johnson Controls, and they don't really go to the plumbing side because they're super expensive, but they could. The trouble is the massive, massive market in between, and I'm talking, you know, smaller office tower, multifamily building, big box stores like your Home Depots and Best Buys and gas stations, all this stuff in between simply wouldn't buy the gadgets and kind of consumer products from Amazon or whatever, and they couldn't afford the BAS. I mean, it's like $3,000 a point. These appliances are probably spitting out 100 points nowadays. They really only take three. They'll take like start, stop, and status of a pump, let's say. Um, and it's expensive. It's, it's you know, you need an electrician and BAS and a programmer. And like we were talking earlier, it's, it's insane. So the idea was to serve a market that's unserved right in the middle. It's by far the wider market, which has been great for us. And, and give them some visibility. Cool, man. And, and I got two more questions for you and then I'll yeah. let you get back inside. <laughs> um, training and support. Do you offer um, those and, and how, do, how does one go about to get them? Yeah, 100%. Look, the, like I said, there's a learning curve. And, you know, the Moen Flow product, for, for, for example, you buy it, you connect it on your three-quarter pipe, you plug it in, you follow a wizard on an app, and you're you're off to the races. Pretty straightforward. Um, our system is easy to set up, but before you even install a valve like you would normally know how to install, you have to understand how to organize things in a more commercial setting. Where do I put the devices? You know, how do I wire this? What should I put over there? Things can get complicated in our solutions, or you know, are more comprehensive where you have pressure sensors and the automation side. And again, without the visual, the the commissioning is very easy, but to answer the question, the support is huge. So our our business model, I guess to clarify for the audience, this we're we're not an installer of the equipment. We're a manufacturer, much like you know, you would go and buy a Grunfoss booster pump mm-hmm. and you understand the basic principles of a variable speed pump. It saves you electricity. It doesn't run full blast all the time. But I don't know which product I would select for a given building. I'm going to rely on Grunfoss and their reps to just come to the building and tell me which product to buy. So that was the premise I took. We, we support people early on with marketing and education and spec sheets and everything they need to understand the platform. We enlighten them on the opportunities where this could make sense to offer 
to their client to add value. And then we pretty much hold their hand throughout the whole process. We'll provide them drawings. We kind of treat it like an engineering company. Um, so we'll provide them drawings. We'll select your equipment. We'll give you marketing brochures and spec sheets, everything to be your water consultant, right? Like if you're, when I was operating the plumbing business, I didn't necessarily have time to create fancy documents and literature. Some of the sales were just very verbal over the phone. What we want to do at no cost is support those mid-sized plumbing companies to offer their clients something with, you know, ROI calculators and literature that makes them look more sophisticated. I'll, I'll tell you one of the reasons I, I also started this, at least initially before it flourished into an actual business, was just to elevate the image of our company, the plumbing company, right? Like I, I wanted to step up our game. I wanted to do more mechanical type work, not just be, you know, the plumber doing the drains, <laughs> like do the booster pumps and the storage tanks. And so this was a way for me to say, oh, you have an issue with, you know, your pressure reducing valves or your mixing valves, or you had a leak in the elevator or you need autonomous valve control. I mean, there's so many different solutions now we can help this community go to their customers with with some powerful products. And so, yeah, again, to kind of blanket the whole thing, it's it's design, help on install, help on commission, and we do a lot of onboarding. So we meet with the client, we explain to them what they've gotten, how the dashboard works, who to contact, you know, their service provider, should they need any changes or additions or, or, you know, more equipment, whatever they want. So support is absolutely paramount for us. Well, I mean, support nowadays is, is, is huge because of, uh, especially if you go on social media and, and look at all the comments <laughs> from some manufacturers, right. if their support is bad, I mean, they, they get bad mouth. Even, even still, like a tool manufacturer, let's say their tool, there's a lot of problems with it, but if the support is really, really good on it, um, people will, will continue to go back for the support because even though the tool might have a problem when they buy it, the support is like bang on. They get, they get a new one or they get it fixed really quick. They're like, yeah, even though I had a problem with that, the support is awesome. These guys are going to back me up. So very, very important thing is, is support. And I'm glad that you guys are offering that. So, I mean... Um, on our on our way out here, any any last words? Any you want to tell people where they can get a hold of you or like get a hold of anybody from Reed in particular if they're interested in the product? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, the easiest way to reach out to us uh, on our website because if I name every email and phone number, it'll take an hour. But <laughs> visit <laughs> uh, readwater.io. That's the website. If you go to contact, um, we have a team of people that are pretty much here to do everything I just described, support people on install, enlighten them on what's available, uh, you know, visit buildings with them. And we're, we're 100% here uh, for the community. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to help clients to create real value for them. Uh, and it only makes, you know, the service providers look better at the end of the day. So we're, we're just super excited that, that we're able to, to put some stuff out there now. Well, I'm glad you got on and, and, and educated us about what you're doing because it's, I think it's pretty cool that 
the, the journey you took. You were a plumber and you said you didn't even know how to, how to basically get to this point. Like you had to learn it all like step by step by step. And that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of money. So, I mean, that, that is, and, and you're only 33, man. So good for you. Yeah, <laughs> like you're, right. you're, you're, uh, you're etching out your own path and you, you're doing it the right way, man. Yeah, no, I, there, there's a, a line that I love not to get cheesy and I'm going to paraphrase here, but it was something along the lines of, I think it was like a Steve Jobs line, not that I'm a big fan, but <laughs> he was saying the, the, the ones that are crazy enough to change the world around them are the ones that actually do. So I can think of a time where this for me as an HVAC tech, this, I wasn't involved in this. There was a couple other technicians that were in my company that were involved in this. There was a couple of old buildings downtown that shared, it was the same property, but there were two separate buildings and underground uh, there was a glycol loop that fed both of the buildings for some perimeter heat pumps. Now a couple of repairs were being done these were staggered like over a, a two-year period or something like that and on these repairs what happened was the ball valves busted open like from the I, I guess it would be upstream of the ball valve so on the live part of the system it, it just broke because they were so old and we had pink glycol flooding the streets <laughs> like true story it happened two times so every time after that it was done with cryogenics. The, the lines were froze so they could do their work. And then obviously we, the lines were thought out and then the thing was put back into operation. But having this kind of technology back then would have saved a lot of aggravation because what happened was in both, both occasions, the guy that was on site doing the repairs, he had to hold, basically put his hand against that, that pipe as it was flooding out. And someone else had to be called, get down there, find the isolation valves and shut them off. It was, it was a big ordeal um, two times that it happened. This technology would have been superior in that. Anyway, guys, thanks, Adam. Great conversation. Great product. Guys, check it out. That's Reed. Okay, um, I'm out. As usual, happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know-It-All on Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.